This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello, this is Patter. Welcome to another episode of Motherfucklord. Before we get into today's episode, just a reminder that you can subscribe to support the podcast on patreon.com forward slash Darok. If you do join us on Patreon, you'll get access to lots of exclusive Q&As, interviews, special episodes just for you, online chats, and you could even suggest what kind of topic you'd like to see the podcast cover. So please, please, please support the podcast, patreon.com forward slash Darok. And now, today's episode. From the Headstuff Podcast Network, welcome. Falcha, come motherfucker. Podcast out words. Irish, Irish words, and words from Ireland. I am Derek O'Shea. And I'm Pather O'Quivonic. Hey, good night, Pather. Yep, not bad, not bad at all. These these long days have turned into long months. Uh, it feels like it's been 2020 for about 14 years now. <laughs> Tell me this, when, um, when you were growing up in Dublin, in... The 80s and 90s, did you ever get beaten up by bands of marauding orange men? Uh, that was a regular occurrence around my way, you know. <laughs> the, <laughs> the local Orange Lodge would always be going around looking for people to beat up. Yeah, yeah, me and me and Bono, God, we had a terrible time of it. One of the stories that came out this particular week, since we last released our episode um, on Queen of Arthur Lyra, uh, a, a story came out in which um, a celebrated New Jersey singer-songwriter, John Bon Jovi, made a remark during an interview with Dax Shepard, I think it was, about uh, he had a different sort of childhood than Bono would have had because Bono would have been beaten up by Orangeman. Yep. Yep, that's what he said. (laughs) And this led to a certain amount of consternation. A lot of people, Bono has so little credit with the Irish public that a lot of people were quick to believe, oh yes, well Bono obviously said this, or Bono either said this or or cunningly implied this, or is is the source of the story somehow. And people are saying and other people are saying that, you know, the that going as far to say that, you know, that Northern Ireland is so far away, you know, the Joshua tree is almost cultural appropriation of the of Northern Ireland by the way they allude to things. Uh. Whereas other people are saying, you know, in New Jersey Two hours drive isn't far away. No, it's not. Like I've I've been to New Jersey, uh, like, I, and I've been to, I've been to, I've been to quite a few places in the US. And driving forty five minutes for breakfast is just it's just part of the culture. The, mm-hmm. the, there are no large distances uh, there. Whereas, like, we're, we're, 
Whereas we look at like 80 miles up the road in Uri, it's like we act as if it's a foreign country. Um, it's yeah. just up the road. Like it's crazy. I, I, it's mad. I have absolutely <laughs> no doubt in my mind that there was some concert or some festival or something that saw John Bon Jovi and Bono shooting the shit, uh, chewing the fat uh, and chatting away. And Bono probably spoofed them a little bit. And just thought it would be funny to talk to this Italian-American and say, God, yeah, it was tough, yeah, growing up with the Orangemen going around looking for Catholics to, to, to beat up. I mean, Bono's, Bono's not even Catholic, I'm almost certain. I know, Bono like his, is what, is his what they parents call a, were, a dolly mix, yeah. Yeah, his parents were, were like what used to be called a mixed marriage back then, like one church of <laughs> Ireland, one Catholic. And like, I'm, I'm fairly sure he was raised going to Anglican services. Yeah. Uh, so you wouldn't have been. I mean, like I don't know it's, what it's not the Irishman think yeah. about the the Anglican faith, uh, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure they weren't knocking around parts of Dublin looking to beat up Bono. If Bono was being chased around parts of Dublin being beat up, it's pretty certain it wasn't by Orangemen. It's a funny thing, and on one level, we can't discount the possibility that there were um, a Church of Ireland raised bullies in Mount Temple who picked on him because he wasn't Catholic enough or wasn't Protestant enough or any of these things. Yeah, I think that's still streets away from gangs of marauding (laughs) Orangemen. I think so, but in fairness, I I, I do know sometimes when um, I'm abroad and I've heard... Um, you know, pe- uh, people with you know with a very slight grasp on with a very slight grasp on the Irish situation refer to maybe all any all Protestants as Orangemen and they really aren't. What we do know is that in the seventies, when you two are starting out, when they're called feedback or whatever, they they like you two. It's really important to say they were never really cool in the the Irish music scene. There was the, the, the kind of people who who found who liked the Blades and the Boomtown Rats and Thin Lizzy. Always thought that you two were dorks. <laughs> <laughs> and the Bono is a pox thing has long roots since before they were famous because they weren't cool. There are a bunch of these born again Christian um, guys. Um, or, you know, or they 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 weren't you know I guess they they weren't truly punk. I think um, it's been said that the the bands out of that time who became successful were the ones like Bob Geldof and and Bono, the ones who actually saw starting a band as starting a business. And that was very kind of that wasn't the uh, the attitude that some of the other lads had at all. Mm, yeah, they weren't rock and roll uh, enough, I suppose. No, they <laughs> they they weren't. But it's a uh, and it's it's a, it's an interesting thing, I suppose. That um, I guess I, I, it always I find it always interesting. First of all, I suppose the that there's two things. One of which is how little uh, credit Bono has with the Irish public, which it, it always it, it fascinates me that like um, if. I think that's a, there's m- many things that I think people, w- w- if could be, Bono would be accused of, that people would accept straight away without appropriate scrutiny. And that's that's one issue. Um, like, like for is, example, if someone were to accuse him of legal tax avoidance, I think we'd all believe that one. Well, this is the, yeah, this is the thing. And, and while, and uh, Claude and I mentioned this before in previous episodes, that um, like Tina Turner lives in Zurich for tax reasons. The, the Rolling Stones moved to France to record Exile Main Street in a, in a shadow there to avoid tax reasons, to avoid tax. The um, tax evasion is as much a part of rock and roll as as, 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 as various uh, as intoxicants and, <laughs> and, and, throwing, and throwing televisions out hotel room windows. Yeah. <laughs> 
but <laughs> drifting slightly but um the other point i suppose is with the amount how much is it is it appropriate for irish people to expect people from abroad who don't live here um to know about ireland yeah i mean i suppose it's not about expecting people to know about ireland it's just kind of expecting people who don't know about ireland not to talk a bunch of claptrap about Ireland <laughs> is the only thing. Like, this, you know, if you're, yeah. if you're, I mean, don't assume, if you don't know anything about Ireland, it's probably safe not to assume that every single person who grew up in Ireland in the 60s and 70s um, was being beaten by gangs of marauding Orangemen, which isn't <laughs> even a great representation of the troubles in the first place. Bad enough to assume that everybody on the island of Ireland was affected directly by the Troubles. Uh, it works to assume that the Troubles can be simplified to gangs of marauding Orangemen looking for Catholics to beat up. <laughs> but that, and... that said, right, if so, if, if so if we, like, if we were to talk about an artist from any country and just assume that they were involved in the only thing we know of that country... Um, like to say, yeah. like you know, God, isn't it great that Britney Spears survived the LA riots? Well, and that's that, that's a funny one, I suppose. In that you do see this kind of whipped out sometimes. In that, um, was it Julio Iglesias? Didn't he sing for? Was he represented Franco Spain in the Eurovision? Yes. And some people, uh, some people draw a connection that this meant he was uh, he either acquiesced or supported Franco, but we don't actually know what he actually privately thought. We don't know what is if if him refusing to refusing to represent Spain in the Eurovision would have actually helped bring Franco down earlier, uh, <laughs> or at all. I mean, yeah, he was a a, a rich <laughs> entertainer in Spain, uh, yeah. one of the top record sellers in Spanish music history, and one of their true breakout artists. Um, so, I mean, probably safe to say he didn't have too much of uh, a public opinion on the the, <laughs> the, the the status quo he seemed to be kind of i mean he did he, he left spain he moved to america when he became an international celebrity so mm. he did leave spain i don't know mm. if he left spain early enough or if he left spain because of franco uh yeah. i don't know listen all, all we know is that he went to the eurovision sound contest and dana kicked his arse <laughs> she sure did and you know and Dana there's someone else who had a because uh, she, she had an, um, she grew up in, in, in Derry during the during a troublesome time and yeah and it it, it must have affected her because she kind of um, she, Some, <laughs> she something must some, something must have affected her something at must some have stage her. <laughs> it's that's yeah, an extraordinary figure and Derry is obviously famous for Halloween yeah, Dana's obvi- hometown Derry is famous for obviously Halloween. Obviously, is doing a lot of heavy lifting. In that sentence. No, so, some yeah, some people would say that Derry is the ha- is the hardest Halloween in town in Ireland, and uh, nowhere does Halloween quite like it. Oh, I and, imagine every town in Ireland would dispute that sentence you just oh, said. Oh no, no, they can go to there. They can go to Derry and they can see it done proper. And yes, and and Derry kept that tradition alive, particularly at, at a time when certain elements in the six counties were trying to get Guy Fawkes Day to happen instead halloween held hard in Derry, and so we halloween is obviously ihasana and if you look at twitter at the moment a lot of people have pumpkins or or frankensteins or 
bats or things in there and they have a festive usernames for the month of October. But Samhain is actually November. Well, yeah, because because Samhain and yeah, yeah, that does piss me off, to be honest with you. People conflating like Iahauna with the ancient Celtic festival of Samhain or mm. more usually the ancient Celtic Celtic festival of Samhain. Samhain. <laughs> I, I'm only kidding. Only kidding. Um, you know. You should pronounce it correctly, but I'm only I'm only mocking. Uh, uh, it's with love. It's with love. It's with love. You mm-hmm. guys love sound. That's yeah. that's fantastic. Yeah. I think it's probably down to Twitter, or or maybe just the the onlineness uh, of it all, the Halloween name and everything, and this sort of creeping, this market creep that Halloween has gone a month long, that it's become the spooky month leading up to the day itself, Halloween, um, but. October being the spooky month doesn't really tally with the fact that Samhain is is not the Irish for October, it's the Irish for November, and Iahauna, Halloween, Ian in that being Eve, the day before. Um, yeah, it's the day before All Holidays Day, it's the day before Samhain. So Samhain isn't spooky, really, is the, is the, is the kind of point we should hmm. be addressing here. It's not, <laughs> it's not spooky. Do you have a Halloween name? Um, I've on Twitter. yeah, you too. Yeah, I've gone with it <laughs> this year. I've gone with uh, Peter Cavan. Ah, real monsters. Well, on on my normal account, I'm Count Dracula, which is what I normally use. But um, I've decided for on the Irish for to use um, one one translation. I came up last year. I did a, a spooky thread for Halloween, mm-hmm. and one I decided to translate Frankenstein to Irish as Pontius Einstein. Yeah, yeah, and I yeah. got I got a huge reaction to it. People, some people <laughs> lost their fucking minds. They were like, "That's not a real word, man." Of what course, are you doing, bro? of course, it's not a real word. Yeah. But uh, I, I, I figured the, it, I'm going to do this one for the people who will get it. You know, you can't you can't overexplain everything. Some people demanded explanations. Some people said, oh, "I've Googled this everywhere and I haven't found it." <laughs> yeah, 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 I think that's um, that's the problem. People ascribe authority uh, to. Um, you know, well-meaning people on the internet, and they don't realize that we're we're just a bunch of normal people, just just doing normal stuff, like just having Halloween names and things. You know and that there's no there's no academic basis for Prunchiesenstein. Yeah, Prunchiesenstein. I just think it's 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 a funny. Um, it's the kind of it's like a, it's a dad joke. And in the same thread, I I just I had said said that you know the the. I had already indicated that some of the entries were glib for there was a, the Irish vampire is vampire but the sexy vampire and we know they're slightly different from other ones as a vampire with a BH and I did that just just for you know a bit of fan service and, <laughs> and you give know them, why not give them what they want because apparently what they want is your sense of humor what they want is what they want is BHs fighting Vs. They want cobble. They want Peg and Devilera getting married. Give people coddle, man. That's what they want. And for some people, if you don't like coddle, then it's scary coddle. It's spooky coddle for Halloween. It's it's uh, yeah. It's Ihehauna coddle. I'm glad you mentioned that because I saw somebody um, in a desperate attempt to get some Twitter numbers trying to talk about coddle on on the internet. I was like, oh. God, I mean, get get some self respect. Imagine, imagine trying to play up on people's strong food opinions to get some internet numbers. Yeah, um, <laughs> you're throwing a lot of stones in that glass house of yours. <laughs> <laughs> oh so, Lord! 
<clears throat> so, so tell me, Patter, if Samhain, meaning November, is, is as interesting as it is, do the other months of the year have their own stories? Yeah, well, the Irish calendar is is broken up um, into into four quarters, the the four seasons: Giva, Arak, Saurag is four, um, winter, spring, summer, and fall, as um, James Taylor said. Uh, and every single one starts with one of the great Celtic festivals, one of the great Gaelic Irish festivals. Um, so there's Samhain uh, to start the winter. Um, mm-hmm. There's so. Imbolc is the name of the spring festival, um, but that has sort of that's gone out of our our uh, that's gone out of our vernacular now. We don't Imbolc is not the name of a month. Um, yeah. it, we have Fiora instead, uh, and then we have uh, Bealtaine is the start of the summer, and Lunasa is the start of the harvest season. It's the start of the uh, the 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 autumn. And you know, funny enough, th- there's this annual debate every year: like, is is winter November, December, and January, or is it December, January, and February? You know, is is spring, March, April, and May, or is it February, uh, March, and April? What is summer? Is it June, July, and August, or is it May, June, July? And there's no ambiguity in the Irish calendar because in four, where we are right now, uh, Lalin on Oish, um, it starts in Lunasa, and then you have Mian four. September is middle harvest, and October is Derefor, end harvest. So yeah, there you go. Four ends at the end of Derefor. Autumn is August, September, October. I will brook no dissent on this matter. And the day after Halloween is the start of winter. First of November is the start of winter. That is, that's the end of it. There is no, there's no debate. That's that. Absolutely. That, that's when Mariah, Mariah Carey rolls out of bed and starts singing her, her famous song. Oh man, I used to work in a used to work in a chocolatiers many many years ago, and we mm. used to get we used to get the first advent calendars in before Halloween. Like the first advent calendars would have a best before date before Christmas, because like they just knew people aren't going to wait until December. They're just going to eat this because they're you know because because <laughs> society as we know it has fallen. Um, yeah, so like Christmas creep is is real. It's very real. It's very real. And like, you know, the the Christmas store at Harrods in London opening in August and all that is kind of it's just it's indicative. But I mean, it's it's kind of a little bit over the top. But realistically, yeah. we are going to start to see fucking Christmas stuff in the shops before Halloween again, aren't we? Oh. We are, and it's I I. I I'm not a fan of Christmas creep. I think Christmas is better when it's it's you know it's it's contained within within its month. Yeah. Um, I've 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 strong issues about Christmas songs and the amount of airplay they get. My view is that if you if someone told you uh, if you were on a charger radio station, you said, "Listen, there's four songs from 1974 that you're going to play." 200 times over the space of the year and you said well how about the song by wizard and do it all in december like, <laughs> you wouldn't fucking do it he'd say uh-huh. have a bit of abba i don't have a bit of something else i mean i think that like there's generally speaking and you really notice this now the actual the look back of a radio station is maybe 20 years or so you might you might get kind of hit me baby one more time or something you know 20 years old being played as part of on a regular on a somewhat regular rotation songs that are older than that a lot less and accept their Christmas songs, and they tend to be a lot, you know, significantly out of fashion. Yeah, because nobody has any interest in new Christmas songs. Like, <laughs> it's like no you, you interest at all. You know why? Because we stopped when, when. Go on. No, go on. Why it stopped when what? Top of the pops. When top of the pops basically ah, died. Ah. Top of the pops. They they there are no there are no new Christmas songs from the post top of the pops era. 
Um, what about the darknesses one? Is that post top of the pops, or was that sort it, of the end of it top is, of the pops? But it, it, that's not. Don't let the bells end. Has never really caught on. What, what about what about proper crimbo brackets selector? <laughs> no, that this is like Mister Blobby and those other things. The <laughs> the novelty their, Christmas um, hit still exists. Then obviously. The, they, they And they do. And you find a song like Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer would, would is effectively kind of an American named Fuckalala and wouldn't get any airplay at all except for the fact that it is technically a Christmas song. And those are the real, those are the real kind of problems because a, a great song like the, She Drives Me Crazy by the Fine Young Cannibals like oh, doesn't yeah. get, what a tune. Doesn't, doesn't get airplay. You know, arguably a, um, like a, a, a pop song you wouldn't change a single thing about, you know? great tune doesn't get a month where it gets a solid airplay and similarly you know it's a um what's what yeah like, you know those those are just perfect pop songs that just drift off air, um playlists and it's a shame and speaking of like and obviously with halloween coming up there's there's two halloween songs are there there are halloween songs there's two halloween songs and one of them is by a an artist who is now regarded as a predator and who a lot of people don't want to support <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Is that? I mean, is Thriller really a Halloween song? I know it's spooky. I suppose Thriller is a Halloween song, and in fairness, I suppose it's um, yes, it's Thriller is a, is a Halloween song, and the other one is the Monster Mash. Yeah, well, the Monster Mash is a classic. Uh, it is. It's an absolute um, classic. It is. It's used as an example. As I'm pronouncing this right, Patter, a, a pumanon. I don't know if you are uh, pronouncing that right because I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> Basically, there's a we, there's a work of art that tells the tale of its own creation is a piumenon. A, a piumenon. It's a, pium- a, pium- it's a, a what? A pium- a p- this is the, this is the same thing happened to me with synecdoke or a synecdoche, and I was like, I've seen this word written down. It's a great word. Love yeah. the word. Love using the word. Don't know how it's fucking pronounced. It's the, <laughs> it's the epitome of words like that. I think yeah, synecdoche or synecdoche. Synecdoche. Is the, it, it, synecdoche is is how to pronounce that one. And yeah, but but piuminon and uh, Ante, hopefully, um, Ante, will you send us a voice note? Because oh, look, put it in the show. I don't just don't know because I don't know what you're saying. It's, yeah, we'll put it in the show notes. But basically, yes, <laughs> if there's the, and I, obviously we are. This is something. It's important for us to actually. I, I want to disclose this so that people know. Yes, I uh, we uh, on Motherfucker as well as everyone else. Sometimes we see words and we don't know how to pronounce them, and it's good to just admit admit that fallibility and that and rather than pretend we know everything yeah i don't like i don't like uh jumping down people's throats for mispronunciations because hmm. like, unless it's something very basic and obvious um but like most mispronunciations come from the fact that people have read the word maybe not in their first language and uh are just using it the way they think it should be pronounced yeah like i'll tell um, you i'll tell you a story when i was a kid I had a Thunderbirds annual, uh, Jerry Anderson's Thunderbirds, good, good, solid puppet-based TV show. Oh, yes. And for the life of me, I couldn't figure out why Lady Penelope wasn't in the annual. Instead, there was this girl called Lady Penelope. I went like, <laughs> where's, where's Lady Penelope from the TV show? I got this, who's this Penelope? Because uh, I'd never seen Penelope written down, obviously. Pop quiz, mm. when do you think Thriller came out, considering it's a Halloween song? I okay. I'm. I oh, sorry. Um, I believe it came out in 1984. Yeah. When, when though? 
Oh, like, this is this is this is your thing. You're gonna die hard, me, aren't you? It, no, it like, didn't come it's out a, you said it. You said it's a Halloween song. Yeah, when did, did it come it, out? On Halloween? It? No, it came out on January twenty third, nineteen eighty four. January 23rd, like you could not, if you said we're going to release it in 1984, it's going to be the seventh and final single on the album and we're going to release it in 1984 and you go, well, it's a very Halloween-y track. You could not pick a release date further from Halloween than, than <laughs> January. Yeah, but yeah, I suppose that that's true. And then similarly, Die Hard was originally released in summertime. Was it was I think it was the Fourth of July um, Die, release. Die, Die Hard is about Christmas, though. Explicitly, yeah, exactly. it's explicitly about the meaning of Christmas. Anyway, that, that's we're drifting a little bit because what we are talking about is there aren't that many Halloween songs. There are songs of the summer are a different thing because they aren't songs of the summer just have to be about summer in a general way, and you get new ones every year. Yeah, songs of the summer are like your summer soundtrack, and they're like related to a particular memory in your in your life, really, aren't they? And spring, not many songs about spring. You got to go to Vivaldi for that kind of stuff. I I think Vivaldi covered the whole fucking year now. In fairness, <laughs> but I think yeah, but seasons. Was... I'll have four of them, please. Thank you very much. <laughs> Vivaldi was a man after the Irish language's heart. Yeah, just four yeah. of them. That's it. Yeah. And Vivaldi spring started in February. There will be no debate. Okay, it's Jibs here from Pints of Malt. So our podcast is basically a group of Irish Nigerian lads who tell their stories, growing up in Ireland as well as Nigeria, and we share our experiences with all of y'all. We also add a bit of comedy as well, you know, to get y'all laughing, get y'all through the week in these tough times that we are in. So y'all sit back and just, you know, enjoy the show. As Jib said, we're the Pints of Mob podcast. You can find us on all streaming platforms, including the Headstuff Network. Christmas, though, like Christmas songs, uh, like I'm, I'm in favour of, again, let's go back to the Irish language. Let's look. What's the Irish for Christmas? No look. What's the Irish for December? Mean and no look. So just keep your Christmas songs in mean and no look. Keep your hour on no look in mean and no look, and we'll all be happy, and we'll all have a great time, and it'll be 25 days long, but they'll be the 25 best days ever, ever, ever. Like, oh, I'm willing to put my hands up and say, we've lost the battle on the 12 days of Christmas. That doesn't happen anymore. Christmas is as long as people want it to be, but we have... Yeah, we just, honestly, Christmas in September can do one. Tell me this, it's the, the 12 days of Christmas, is the first day Christmas Day? Yeah, it is, yeah. <laughs> so again, you, you've got um, you've got kind of October, you've got Twitter Halloween situation there as well, where the entire kind of process of the, of, of the Christmas season has, it's the end, what used to be the start is now the end. Uh, yeah, in a sense, not really. I mean, I still, I still kind of go hard at it until no look, no man. Mm-hmm. Like I, I just, I mean, there's no point not keeping her lit until little Christmas. Should January be renamed mean and no look, no man? No, <laughs> I don't, I don't think so. Should it? It seems like, cause mean and no look leads up to on no look. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I suppose it starts with Nolagnamont, more or less. It's on the 6th, isn't it? 6th of January. So mm. Samhain starts with Samhain. Um, hmm. Good question. Um, should it? I don't know. I... Well, hmm. 
we'll um we'll allow our listeners to advise us what they think on that one. Actually, I don't like it, right? First of all, it very much ascribes masculine characteristics to Nullug then, because, you know, you would assume then that Nullug Naman, there's a Nullug Navar, which is not something that exists. Uh, Nullug is for, for everyone. And yeah, we don't subscribe to the binary, so it's not going to happen. Now, I'm going to reject it. Uh, because okay. of its outdated uh, gender norms and and heteronormativity. Understood. So me meander. Meander. It remains well. from from Januarius. We borrowed a lot from the Latin. Actually, we this borrowed an to, awful yeah. lot from the Latin. This is what I was about to ask because obviously the um, our our druid pals or our, our Celtic druids, as um, Terry um, um, Vox Aperniacum would say. Um, they must have had a calendar if they were able to build Newgrange when they were all speaking home to each other. <laughs> speaking home, oh Christ! <laughs> <laughs> Give me like, you, 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 you can't build something like that uh, at that level of precision for the for the um, for for the twenty first for the um, solstice. Yeah, no, there's look, there's um, with or without some level, some level of calendar understanding. So they must have, they must have had a, a structure of calendars with, with there, presumably there, with look, names. There were there were Celtic calendars. There is no, there is no doubt about it. Like they found one in France, like the Coligny calendar. Mm-hmm. Um, they found one. It was made in in Romano-Celtic Gaul in the second century AD, and it like it had a five year calendar of um, solar and lunar. Uh, movements and it was incredibly complex I, I suppose the only thing is like you can't presuppose one joined up celtic culture um so you can't say that this calendar is exactly what was used in ireland five thousand years earlier when they were making Newgrange. that would be going a little bit too far um but there are there are there's definitely there was some level of extreme calculation going on that was quite impressive for the time and it was based around the calendar and there's a reason we have four major irish festivals like the irish cultural festivals that divided mm-hmm. the seasons and that's you know somebody calculated when these had to happen yeah and somebody calculated that we should have i mean we got the probably got the 7 day week off the romans um you and know, they got it from the Babylonians. I don't care where they got it. <laughs> we <laughs> the got Romans it. are ga- we're, we're gas lads for nicking stuff. But like we 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 took a lot from them, and like there was mm. a little bit of contact. Pre-Christian Ireland would have had a little bit of contact with with Roman Britain and Roman Gaul, um, but mostly our contact with the Romans would have come from early Christian Ireland, and that constant contact with with. Rome, uh, it, it has led to, I mean, Nullug, for example, Nullug comes from uh, Natalicia, uh, which is the Latin for birthday. And it's the same reason that in, in French it's it's Noel for Christmas and in Portuguese it's Natal for Christmas and Navidad in, in Spanish. Mm. Uh, it all comes from the same root. So that's where we get that. We get, we get Anor, uh, Fiora, uh, Marta and Yule, I think we get we get Anarfiara Marta Ibron as well. That comes from that comes from uh, Latin as well. So we have February, January, February, March, uh, April, and then July are derived from the Latin uh, and and December as well. The rest of it comes from our own traditions yeah, and calendars. Where, where it deviates 
you know, where Bialtana and what what what's it? Not Bialtana and Mehav. Bialtana, um, Mehav, Mehav comes from an old uh, old Irish word, uh, Mithim, meaning the middle month, the middle month of the year. It's pretty, it wasn't uh, very. It wasn't very fucking imaginative, right? We had four Tron, festivals. Yeah. It's mm. pretty Aaron Throne. Well, I mean, come on. This is a language that has uh, the month of middle harvest and the month of end harvest. It's very <laughs> prescriptive. It, mm. There will be no debate. It is this. We'll have Lunasa at the harvest festival. Then we have the middle month of the harvest. Then we have the end month of the harvest. And then we're into the winter. Shut yourselves down. Eat some pork for three months <laughs> and we'll see you at Imbolc for like February. It's very, but like our days of the, our days of the week as well are, are similarly split. And we got the seven day week and we have, um, De Leon, um, from the Latin Dies Lunae, De Mort from Dies Martis. And then we get three Irish Gaelic Christian days. De Cadine, the first fast, Dean, this is a really interesting one because it, it's okay. it's a it's it's a conjunction, it's a shortening of day either da in the day between two fasts, Ooh. and then dehina means the day of the fast. So you had the day of the first fast, the day between two fasts, and then the day of the fast, and it goes back to the early Gaelic Christians would fast on a Wednesday and fast on a Friday. And, you know, it was a Christian tradition right up until the 20th century to have fish on a Friday, that it would be what was known as a black fast every Friday. It was not proper to eat meat on on a Friday, Um, which is how uh, McDonald's invented the fillet of fish, coincidentally. It was was invented in, I think, Philadelphia. um, For A Catholic priest had a friend who ran a McDonald's franchise, and he said, could you ever, would you ever come up with something uh, so that my parishioners will stop eating fucking hamburgers on a Friday. So he came up with a fillet of fish. A fillet for Philadelphia. No, I doubt it. I doubt it. It's just That's... how they say. It's just how they say fillet over there in America. <laughs> Actually, I was watching. I've been watching. Look, lockdown. I'm watching an awful lot of programs about food. An oh, awful yes. lot, and it's amazing how much American culinary terminology is influenced by the French. Oh, and, yes. and not even in a good way. Like they, they, they say fillet instead of fillet all the time, which is just weird to me in an American accent. Like just say fillet. It'd be yeah. nice. Be nice. Uh, and then they say entree for main course, even though entree is the French for starter. This is all because of Julia Child, isn't it? Probably. Probably. She has a lot to answer for. <laughs> yeah, she's. Um, no, I, I, that's my, my understanding is that there were actually wasn't a huge wealth of American cookbooks before she came along. And she obviously had, was, was bringing a very French style to it. And yeah, that's um, the, I, I didn't realize, yeah, Phil, I, suppose, I didn't realize Philae was influenced by, um, by a Catholic priest. It makes some sense. Yeah, um, they, needed some, they, they needed something to serve on a Friday, Dehina, the day of the fast. But then we go, then we go, then we go back to Latin, go by the way, just to round off the week. The weekend is Latin. Um, mm-hmm. De, De Saturn is from Dies Saturni, the day of Saturn, the god. And De Daunig um, is from the Latin Dies Dominicus, um, which means basically church day. Because if you look at there, there are some place names around the country, like Donnybrook and Donny Carney, and they're not named for Sundays, they're named for church. So the words Daunach and Kill, for example, meaning church, they're interchangeable. So yes. you have some place names around Ireland that still have Donach in them, 
So Donnock Brook is the um, the the Irish for uh, well, it's the name for Donnybrook. Donnybrook is the English for it uh, more properly. Donnock Carnic, the English for that is is Donny Carney, and they come from like the Church of uh, so Day Donnick, the Day of the Church. So we have a very Christianized, Latinized uh, set of days. So I mean, yeah. That's the problem with Irish, isn't it? You can't even have a day without it being either Latin or Christian. Yeah, you can't have a day. <laughs> you just can't and, can't count the days. Can't do it. And do we have any idea what these are called before the before the Romans got there and the and their attendant um, uh, church? Because obviously the, the the Latin and Latin traditions came to Ireland through the church, not through Roman soldiers. Not through soldiers, but like I said, there there was a. Um, uh, there was a, a lot of contact with um, with uh, with with Roman Britain. Um, there mm. was a lot of trade and commerce. They were our biggest trading partner, um, you know, uh, at the time. Um, but I mean, geez, I suppose you see the problem is like the the seven day week is a a Christian concept, a Judeo Christian concept, at the very very least. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, uh, there. I know that there was there was a study done in the twenties trying to find the oldest days of the week. Um, but I mean, I, I don't know, man, because it's like the concept of a week is so intertwined with that, you know. So I don't really know if we if we bothered to have a week before we had the names of days for the week. This, this is, what I, uh, I suppose, something that always kind of surprised me that we get a lot of our, um, in English, we get a lot of um, days of the week from from kind of Scandinavian traditions, and um, but we get the actual month days from kind of Roman traditions. And you think at one point, you know, somebody must have said, well, have a bit, a bit of this, but have a bit of that, well, a bit of this for the days and a bit of this for the months. Like, yes, yeah, the, the, um, there would have been a, um, a seven day week in, in, in Hebrew. And they would have that. Then we would have had similar things in Babylonians. They obviously built that around the month having um, the moon having four cycles, or having mm. four stages before, but in between new, new moons. So the um, so you sort of divide roughly twenty eight by four, and you get seven. So it's kind of in one sense, if you're thinking that way, and you're that sort of wired, uh, wired to the moon, as it were, uh, mm-hmm. it makes sense to have. Um, yeah, to have have that seven days. I mean, in the in the Hebrew Bible, God creates the world in seven days, um, mm-hmm. resting on the seventh, proving that God was in fact in a trade union. Um, <laughs> so join That's a indeed. union, folks. <laughs> this is why it's important when we talk about the days of the week and the months of the year. It's really important to remember. Yes, there are days of the week, but the weekend was given to you by unions. Well, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and yes, yeah, so our, our concept of time and, and, and our our concept of time and calendars did originate from from lunar cycles and from from navigating the sea and from uh, like agriculture. But it you know what else comes from we build you know, our time. Yeah, you know what else comes from lunar cycles. The what word the word lunatic. That's right, because yeah. they thought the people who were insane were had their were were somehow linked to the movement to of the, the moon. moon. Which is why when there's a full moon out, things are a little bit crazier. They are indeed. And if there's a full moon at Halloween, you better watch uh, your back. Ooh. And there, ooh, and there is a full moon this Halloween, so it's going to be oh, a, a bumper, oh, bumper one. So, so uh, but it's, not gonna be, it's not going to be the same, though, is it? 
No, because of it's COVID. not going to be the same because of COVID. Because like, I swear to God, I hope nobody comes trick or treating because I'm not. A, I'm not buying in the fun sized Milky Bars. I'm not. I'm not doing it. Like, I'm not. I'm not getting in the the miniature Kit Kats. I'm not because it's not happening. Because mm. I'm terrified that there will be nobody coming to trick or treat, and I will have to eat the stuff myself. And that's it's not a good outcome for me. That's right. And on that depressing note. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna have to wrap things up for today uh Power, thank you so much i think we've all learned a lot about the months of the year and the days of the week i think i think we've learned we've learned a little bit about lunacy we've had a particular mm-hmm. insight into lunacy um which is which is nice <laughs> great stuff uh so until the next time it's a slan from me i guess slan mind yourselves Thanks for listening. Motherfucklore is a product of the Headstuff Podcast Network and comes out every Friday. You can get feedback to us, uh, questions, comments, suggestions, anything you want, really, to motherfucklore at headstuff.org. Also, just a reminder that you can support the podcast and gain access to exclusive chats, one-on-ones, and even suggest your own episode topic. Get on patreon.com forward slash Daruk. Until next Friday, Gurmila Magui, Slán. This has been a production of the Headstuff Podcast Network. If Bono was accused of, um, of, I guess, of starting genocide, people would be like, hang on, maybe, maybe he did, you know, let's not rule it out straight away. But, um, <laughs> you know, people are like this. I think I'm going to distance myself from that comment in a big okay. way. Okay, well, we'll say I'll... I'll, I'll, I'll.